am back. This is episode number 10. That's a milestone, I guess, right? This is the Not That Paul E.D. show. And if we were married, I would have to buy you a tin or aluminum gift. That's what Wikipedia tells me for 10th anniversary. I never understood that. I think one of them is paper. I don't know who wants paper. I guess maybe if it's cash. Cash could work. But 10, the 10th anniversary is tin or aluminum. So somebody made that up sometime many, many years ago. And people are still following it, I guess. But in Googling it, I also found tin, aluminum, and diamonds. So (laughs) I don't know who added diamonds, but tin and aluminum strike me as something that's relatively inexpensive. And buy a, a box of Reynolds wrap, many feet of it. For a couple bucks. A diamond, on the other hand, a little bit more expensive. So some girl probably made that up. As they say, diamonds are a girl's best friend, right? So I I just got home from work, and I was in the elevator. And as I was waiting for the elevator, I checked my mail. So our mailboxes are on the first floor, waiting for the elevator there. And another guy was waiting. So, you know, I hit the button, went to the mailbox, got my mail. And as I was closing my mailbox, the... Elevator arrived, it was perfect timing, and a kid darted out, this little, like, I don't know, three or four-year-old kid, just darted out, total beeline right at this guy that was waiting, and, you know, he jumped out of the way, and it was kind of funny, you know, kids just do those types of things, and I got in the elevator maybe 10 seconds after this happened, and the, the guy that was in the elevator waiting says to me, oh man, that kid almost ran into me, like, what am I going to say to that? If you don't know me, I hate talking to strangers. I have no interest in becoming friends with you. I really don't even have any interest in having small talk with you. Let's face it. You don't want to talk to me. I don't really want to talk to you. Why are we pretending that we want to talk to each other? Because we're in this weird square box that's going to take us to where we live. I hate the elevator here. People, this is, <laughs> this sounds ridiculous, but people are so friendly in the elevator And I have no interest in being friendly with people. And it creates this weird situation where nobody really knows what the expectation is. Like, you'll get in the elevator sometimes, and everybody in the elevator goes, Oh, good morning, or or down here, the buenos dias. And then when you leave, they, they say, Oh, have a good day, have a nice one, have a good one, good to see you. No, good to see me, you've never seen me before. Maybe I've seen you once. There's a couple of people that tend to ride the elevator around the same time as I do. And I I maybe recognize them or their dog. But you've never seen me. You don't know me. Why, Why was it good to see me? Why do you care if I have a good day? I hate fake pleasantries. It's just annoying. I guess I'm just of the mindset that I don't really want to make many more friends. Or at least I don't go out of my way in weird situations to make friends. Like, I've been friends with my, with my core group of friends, I guess, uh, since high school. There's, I don't know, ten of us. Who knows? And I'm good with that, right? I'm good. Ten, plenty of people. I don't need any more friends with, than that. Um, I'm 27 years old. I'm good. I'm set. Right? Now, I get it. Like, I've been friends with these people, you know, more or less my whole life. Uh, my, my whole young adult and adult life. And I'm still friends with them. So for me, right, like, I don't know, we've just been friends forever. Oh, that's, that sounded ridiculous, but I should play vitamin C. 
as we go. I won't sing. Um, but it's ridiculous. Why do people want to be friends with me if I've never met them? And maybe they don't want to be friends with me. Maybe I'm inflating my ego a little bit. But even just talking. Like, Lindsay and I went on a cruise in, in May, I guess. And we spent... The, it was a great vacation. We had a lot of fun. And it was the biggest cruise in the world. 4,000-something people were on the cruise. Just passengers. And then there was another, like, 4,000 crew. Right? We didn't talk to anybody. Anybody. I have no interest in talking to people. Why would I want to make friends on a cruise? I'm never going to see these people again. Why not just enjoy my time, enjoy my girlfriend, sit by the pool, go on the excursions, do the different activities that are on the boat? Right? I don't need friends to do that. If I wanted to do it with friends, then I would just invite my friends. I have friends. I'll just invite them. And don't get me wrong, I've made friends, right? Like, I have friends that I've made at work. I love the people I work with. I love... Uh, you know, the conversations we can have and, and all that fun stuff. And there's, there's a lot of people um, that I work with that unfortunately I don't keep in touch with, but every once in a while I'll, I'll chat with or, or so on and so forth. And so on and so forth was not the right thing to say there, but I did anyway. And uh, yeah, you know, there's some people I talk to still from work, you know, on a more personal level. Professionally, I keep good relationships, but on a more personal level, there, there are a couple of people I speak with. But I don't know. I'm just good with, with the amount of friends I have. I have no interest in making more. And definitely not in an elevator. Yeah, there's been some funny things that happen in this elevator. I, I uh, again, first floor, every day when I get home from work, I'm very, uh, I have a lot of habits, a routine, if you will. I get home from work, I park on the second floor, walk down to the first floor, check my mail, go up to my apartment. And I... Um, I was waiting for the elevator one day at the first floor. Again, first floor. There's nothing below the first floor. That's it. Just the first floor. 20-some-odd stories up. First floor, bottom. There's nothing below it. Right? There, maybe there is, right? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe there is. I don't think there is. But the elevator sure as hell does not go lower than one. It's got the star, right? The star usually indicates that's it. That's the lobby. That's the main floor. And I'm waiting there. I'm standing. And the elevator door opens. And somebody's standing in the elevator. Now, this isn't unusual, right? This happens. Sometimes you get in an elevator that's going in the, du- the wrong direction, and you end up going in the opposite direction until it reaches the floor, and then it goes the right way. And the person says to me, going up? Well, yeah, I'm going up. I'm on the first floor. Like, where else would I be going? And that's an exact example of people not knowing how to just be comfortable in their own skin. Like, just be fine. Just be, be okay. You don't need to talk to anybody. It's fake, right? You don't need to talk to anybody. And you definitely don't need to ask me a ridiculous question like that, where she was so nervous and so pressured by these social expectations that have been set by the elevator committee in this building that she had to ask me a question, and she asked me a totally ridiculous question. Yes, I am going up. We're on the first floor. Where else am I going? Now, of course, I didn't say that. I just said yes. But it pissed me off. So that's my elevator rant. It's my rant on making friends. I hope this episode sounds, sounds good. Um, you know, I've talked to you guys about how I commit. And, you know, the 10 episodes I've done so far, I'm over a month now. And um, this is probably the longest I've stuck to something. 
and I still do really enjoy it. And I'm, now I'm getting super picky about my audio quality and production value and all of that. And Listen, I'm not trying to be a professional radio broadcaster or anything. Somebody said to me they didn't like the, the fact that I was talking about the air conditioner turning off or that I had a, a conversation with Lindsay well, quote-unquote, on the air. Oh, listen, this is a podcast. I'm sitting in, in, in a basically empty apartment now. We've sold a lot of our furniture. And, um, and that's it, right? It's not professional. I'm not in a studio. If noises happen, they happen. I'm in an apartment. But anyway, I'm getting picky about the quality. And, you know, I haven't really heard anything bad about the quality. I got, got myself a nice microphone. But um, there's something in the broadcasting or recording world called plosives. It's like explosives without the EX. And um, uh, essentially, I guess what it refers to is um, the popping noise that you get from letters like P. So, you know, I can watch the waveforms as I record this, and pop creates this spike. And what happens is microphones can't handle that, and they clip, and they, they make this popping noise, essentially. But you can get what's called a, surprise, pop filter. And essentially, you've seen it, right? If you've ever seen any sort of broadcaster... It looks like a windscreen. It's like a circle with black mesh that goes near or over a microphone. And you talk into it, and it filters all of that out. So that they exist, right? I could go buy one, but they're more designed for mic stands. I don't have a mic stand. I'm, again, I'm sitting at a table. So I went out and I built one. Lindsay's on this whole kick um, for, you know, do it yourself. And, you know, Pinterest. Pinterest is the worst thing that's ever been invented. Although, at the same time, it, it's giving my girlfriend incentive to build things and cook things because there's recipes. So I guess that's not the worst thing in the world. So she sent me to Michael's. It's like that art supply store to, to buy these, these supplies. And I think she's giving them as gifts, so I won't say what they are. But, um, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, why don't I take advantage of the fact that I'm in this store and, and build myself a pop filter? So I did. I bought, you know, I don't know, 5 $6 worth of... Uh, ingredients i don't know what's the word materials and um <laughs> it's definitely not ingredients uh, and i and i put it all together and now i've got a pop filter so when i go pop it doesn't make that noise and i can say things like podcast and not that paul ed show and it doesn't make the noise and it makes me really happy um so now i can tell you to go to my website not that and subscribe to my podcast and all that fun stuff so i've got it so it's it's kind of like jerry-rigged to be working right now because we're moving, so I don't want to do anything relatively permanent. So I'd, I'd be interested to hear from you if this is working. Uh, so you can do so. Leave a comment on my website or my Facebook, notthatpolyd.com, facebook.com slash notthatpolyd. Or you can even give me a call and leave me a voicemail, 708-8-POLYD. So last night... I was kind of flipping through the channels. Uh, Lindsay and I DVR basically everything. And we watched a couple of shows. I don't remember. I think we watched Amazing Race and, and a few others. Uh, CSI. And we watched football yesterday. Or I watched football yesterday. And um, there was really nothing left to watch. Everything we wanted to see we saw. Yet we weren't tired. And, you know, we wanted to watch some more TV. So we're flipping through the channels. And, uh, it, you know. Listen, I'm Mr. Technology, but I've got AT&T U-verse. It's got thousands of channels or whatever it is. I don't know where most of the channels are. I've got 10 or 15 that I go to all the time. 
but we're just kind of scrolling through, and we we saw one called Catfish, the TV show. And this is on uh, on MTV, right? So this is not going to be a break about how MTV doesn't play music videos anymore and just plays shows about teen pregnancy. Um, but instead, this is going to be about catfish. So uh, going back a little bit, a few years ago, Lindsay and I watched this movie, I guess a year ago, really. And the movie was called Catfish. It was a kind of a cool movie. The movie came out in uh, 2010. Um, and uh, it's a good movie. And I guess I will say spoiler alert, so I'll give you uh, a second to mute it, come back in like 10 seconds. But essentially the idea is the guy meets this person on Facebook that he falls in love with, decides to meet the person in real life, and guess what? It's not that person, right? No big surprise. It was done pretty well, though, um, and I liked it. It was cool. It, it's. I suppose that there is a little bit of concern that it was fake because... You know, with the ending being what it was, why would these filmmakers, and it was very like amateur Blair Witch style, but why would these filmmakers be recording the beginnings of this uh, experience, this relationship? I don't know, right? Uh, It looked pretty real and I trust it, so whatever, it's good to me. But now they've made it into a television show. So... This guy, Neve, his name is Neve, N-E-V, I don't know. He was the guy, he was the main character, the guy that traveled and, and found what he wasn't looking for in the movie, and he's now the host of this show. And same style, right? They've got, like, these GoPro cameras, and they've got, you know, handheld point-and-shoot cameras that they film it with, but at the same time, there are professional cameras that MTV's got there with them. And the idea of the show is exactly the same as the movie, right? It's find somebody who is developing an online relationship with someone else, and I guess the other part is it's always too good to be true, yet they've never met them, and then make them go meet them. So that's the idea. And uh, it was interesting. It was weird. I was strangely engaged I definitely wanted to watch it and see what happened. It was the first episode. It it aired last week, but it was rerunning. And I guess there's actually a new one tonight. So, this girl, her name was Sunny. Uh, I think she was 20 or 21. Young, young girl. She met this guy online. This guy's name was Jameson. And Jameson and her essentially were chatting back and forth, I guess, and eventually exchanged phone numbers and were texting and sending pictures and I love you this and I love you that. And Jameson's telling her about how he's a model, how he works on the Chelsea Handler show and how he does all of these great things with production and he's this big shot and um, he's always traveling around the world and he's really, you know... Classic model-looking guy, you know, very, uh, I don't know, effeminate kind of, but uh, this is this is getting weird, so I'm just going to stop. He's a good-looking guy, right? I can say that. Um, model. She was not a classic model, I guess I would say, um, yet not anything terrible, right? N- Nice-looking girl. And um, eight months... 
She's doing this for eight months. She's never met this person. They've never, like, Skyped or FaceTimed or anything like that. And she just continues on and, and is, in her mind, in love with this person, right? Like, they're showing the text messages, and it's like, I love you, will you marry me, let's get married, and on and on and on and on. And this is going on for eight months. Now, she's got friends that are with her, and the friends are like, listen, you're crazy. This is a little bit nutty. I don't know about this. The the guy says, like, his sisters died in this terrible car accident, and he doesn't have family because of that, and he he really, like, loves her, and she reminds him of her sisters and all this craziness. And then it gets even weirder, and, and when you find out how she came across this person on Facebook is because... Her sister, her 18-year-old sister, was doing the same thing with this person, and she, like, swooped in and stole the, the Facebook romance person, Jameson, from the sister. So it's this whole weird scenario where they're, they're you know, quote-unquote dating for eight months via text message and Facebook chat. And, uh, you know, here comes MTV. MTV, clearly there's a show to be made about that. I don't know how they found these people. you got to think about the casting call. I guess, have you been in a Facebook relationship with someone you've never met? You know, contact us. We want to humiliate you on TV. So this person did. She signed up, and um, sure enough, she was humiliated. But it, it was interesting. So Neve, the guy, right, gets involved, and he calls the Chelsea Handler show. Turns out this person, uh, Jameson, never exists, never worked there. Uh, you know, the job duties that he described he, di- he did for Chelsea Handler aren't things that they do. Uh, they Google him and they find out all of these articles about his sisters and apparently like these star soccer players that are very much alive. This whole thing. So eventually this Neve guy <clears throat> calls Jameson. I don't know how he found... Oh, I, I do know how he found his phone number. He got it from Sonny. So calls Jameson. And Jameson's like a 14-year-old kid, right? You, you don't see him. You're listening. And... Literally, the second you hear this person's voice, you think it's a kid. And he's like, oh, I'm in Paris. Um, yeah, I'll be in Tuscaloosa next week so we can meet then. And, um, yeah, I'm in New York all the time. And so the Neve guy's like, oh, New York, great. I grew up in New York. Can you tell me where? He's like, I grew up in the Upper West Side, so maybe we grew up near each other. And the kid goes, oh, yeah, um, I'm always in Manhattan. Now, for those of you that don't know, Manhattan is a pretty general way of describing New York City. It is New York City, essentially. And Upper West Side is a part of Manhattan, right? So, like, you know, you could say the village or you could say Midtown or whatever. But he clearly didn't spend any time in Manhattan if he said he was in Manhattan. And that's it. So then, of course, the conversation disconnects. So he calls back, and eventually they arrange for them to meet in Tuscaloosa, which was this chick lived in Arkansas, Tuscaloosa was, I guess, a few hour, a few hours away by a car because they did this whole road trip thing, and they get there, and you know they did warn this girl. They're like, "Listen, we called him. Doesn't sound like the person you've described. Chelsea Handler has no idea who this person is, or no one on staff has no idea who this person is. We found out that his sisters are alive, and she's just making excuses. Well, maybe he's so grief stricken that he's telling people that they're alive, and you know, Chelsea Handler's show probably has so many people on staff, so it's impossible for them to know." So fast forward, they get there, knock on the door, and, you know, this house in Tuscaloosa was not a, a house that you would think this, this well-to-do model lives in. And they're knocking on the door, no one comes to answer, 
um, you know, the chick's freaking out. Finally, they knock on the door again, and someone comes to answer. And it's this 18-year-old girl with, um, how do I describe this? If you could imagine what an 18-year-old girl that plays World of Warcraft for several hours every day looks like, that's what this person looked like. Very stereotypical, I know, but think about it. You know, not very clean looking and probably could stand to lose a few pounds. And um, it clearly was not, um, clearly was not a model, clearly was not even a male. So first of all, now I'm watching this right now. I'm like, all right, this is this is exactly what I expected because it's the same thing as the movie. But this chick was just a total bitch. She's like, well, I'm not apologetic. I don't know. And people bullied me, so that's why I made this fake Facebook page. And you know, I made this fake Facebook page. So she fell for it, and and we were talking, and it was just terrible. And then I got to thinking a little bit more. So first of all, this fake person gave MTV their real address. Okay. So clearly, anybody that was trying to keep this scheme going would not have given their real address unless they're so stupid that they don't realize that when you give your real address, your cover's going to be blown because you're an 18-year-old gamer chick and not a 20-something-year-old male model. Pretty evident. But then at the end of it, they become friends, right? They're friends now because they apologize and, oh, I was bullied and, and like, oh, it gets better and, and now they're friends. Oh, well, I feel like I know you and we have to keep talking. We've talked for eight months and it was ridiculous. It was totally insane. The ending was, was, was crazy and total BS if you ask me. Like, they're not going to be friends. <clears throat> Come on. Like, she was head over heels in love for this fake person and... Anybody in their right mind would say, go screw yourself. You've, you've totally, you know, wasted my time for the past eight months. Listen, I admit it. I probably made some mistakes in falling for this Facebook person, but screw you. But no, they're friends. Happy endings. Yeah, it was frustrating. Now, the other thing is, this show isn't very sustainable. Like, after this season, it's just how it ends, right? Like, that's... How else could this show possibly end? It's never going to end where, you know, the chick from Arkansas drives up and finally meets the male model and they fall in love and live happy, happily ever after. Like, that's not a TV show. No one would watch that. It's always going to end the same way. It's always going to end with a fake Facebook profile and it's always going to end with this person that is nowhere close to the way they described or is even close to the same gender well, I guess they were kind of close. And they show up, and it's this big reveal, and it's disappointing, and everyone's crying. And hopefully they don't all end with them becoming friends. But it was ridiculous. So this show's not going to last very long, because every outcome is the same. I, I, I just I don't know why MTV has pursued this. I guess I did watch it, though. I was engaged, and I watched it. But... Um, I just can't imagine it lasting. And I really just feel like they're playing the, the cyberbullying angle. You know, that's a hot thing to talk about. I think it's a... Listen, I'm going to say this, and I know it's insensitive. I apologize. But everybody gets bullied. Everybody's been bullied at one point in their life. And yeah, the reality is it does get better. But they would make such a big deal out of it. And I know, I know, I know, I know horrible things have happened because of, uh, you know, bullies and cyberbullying. But... I don't know. When I grew up, it was just part of growing up. 
I definitely was bullied, I suppose you could say. Everybody gets picked on or made fun of. And I definitely did the same. Uh, We had a fake instant messenger account we used to use. Um, I totally forget what it was called. Um, Where you would just mess with people. I don't think I ever did the fake Facebook. It wasn't that popular. But it just you just do it. I mean, you don't string it on for eight months. But it's just part of growing up. It's part of being a kid. I don't know. It's all about that, you know... uh, Purell and, and sanitized world that we live in now, but uh, I don't get it. Now, I'm not too much of a stranger from this in that um, I, I never fake dated anybody from Facebook for eight months, but I did try online dating once. So I I, um, I forget when it was. I guess it was a couple of years ago, maybe four or five years ago, and I signed up for Match.com. I figured, why not, right? It, it had become more and more popular and more socially acceptable. And now it's probably more popular than just quote-unquote traditional dating. Um, I think it's the fourth time I've said quote-unquote this episode. But I met this, this girl online, right? I totally forget her name. It was something with a J, I think. And, um, you know, you do the, if you've never done online dating, essentially the idea is you create like a search so you can say, you know, age, where they live, you can get real specific color of hair, height, smokes, not smokes, drinks, not drinks, all sorts of things. And you run the search and then you can go through and you can see their picture or pictures if they've put multiple and read a, read their profile, read about them. So you do this periodically once a week or whatever it was and you know, I, I, I found this person and you know I wanted to give it a shot. I don't remember what it was about the person that made me want to give it a shot, but I did. Um, so then you, you do these emails back and forth, and it gives you an opportunity to, like, first date without actually meeting the person in real life, and it takes kind of the awkwardness out of it, and you get to know the person, and you can exchange phone numbers or whatever you'd like to do from that point or just stop talking to them. And uh, eventually it got to the point where we decided we'd go on a date. Now, um, I am about, uh, I don't know, five foot ten, and... Um, one of I'm I don't like girls that are taller than me. Right? I don't not like girls that are taller than me. But I would never date someone that was taller than me. I'm not into that, and um, that was one of my things. That was one of my filters, right? When I was searching, and you know her range or whatever fell within the uh, under five foot ten. So we decided to go on this date, and I'm not. Uh, I, I probably went a little bit overboard, and I decided to go to this fancy Italian place and. You know, nothing crazy, but it was nice, probably like 50 or $60 a head. Um, and we, we get there, and, well, I get to her apartment, actually, and I, I called her, and she came outside, and um, huh, she, was not, <laughs> she was not at all how her picture or profile described. I quickly came to the realization that the picture was well out of date. I also realized she was lying about her physical description in that she was probably six foot four, maybe six foot three. She was, she was very tall, very, very tall. And, um, not my type at all, not at all. But listen, here I am. I committed. I, I've been talking to this person. She was a nice person. Why not? So we get to dinner. We're sitting there. Uh, she ordered a glass of wine. I ordered a beer and she's got this ridiculous red lipstick on that's just getting all over the wine glass. Now, I don't know if there's like a, a trick for girls to make that not happen, but it just looked trashy. Um, 
I don't know if it's avoidable, but it looked trashy to me. And I feel like she should have tried a little harder. And then she asks me to try my beer. Now we're like 10 minutes into the date. Uh, she asked me to try my beer. So I don't know. Like, what am I going to say? Oh, no, I'm a germaphobe. Right? So I was like, oh, okay, sure. So now I've got this big lipstick smudge on my beer, and I'm pissed. Like, five minutes in, I'm mad. Like, why did she have to do that to my beer? That's fine. I can get past that. Right? I've still got a nice chunk of glass I can use to drink from, and I don't have to be near her lipstick smudge. Um, so the date continues. Uh, they come, they order appetizers, and now uh, it's been 15 minutes of small talk, right? And this small talk's okay, right, because it's a date. But then her phone rings. Now, um, I, listen, I use my phone all of the time. My phone never leaves my hand. But this person uh, decided she would then also pick up her phone and we're in a very nice Italian restaurant, very few people in the restaurant, but there were people, and she picks up her phone, and it's like her grandfather or something, and you know how when somebody can't hear or speaks not uh, loud enough on a phone that you just start speaking louder to them like this? Well, that's what I was getting, right? So now she, oh, I'm on a date. Yeah, I'm at a restaurant. I'm on a date. And I'm uh, like, I want to bury my head in my hands. I don't get embarrassed very easily, but it was pretty embarrassing that this girl was just screaming at the table on her phone about being on a date. And I'll call you later. No, I'll call you later. And she hangs up, and everyone's kind of looking around. And I'm just like, "Ah, sorry, I don't know. Like, uh, I wish I could tell you that I don't really know her. And um, also, she didn't tell me she looked like this, so don't judge. Dinner continues. Right, she gets past the phone call, get past the lipstick thing. We're eating dinner, and some at some point, siblings comes up. Right, that's a pretty common question. Do you have any siblings? Sure, I have a younger brother. You know, he's six years younger than me. At, at, at that point, he was in high school, and, and you know, so on and so forth. His name is whatever, and you know, I, I don't know if I want to share that. Um, it sounds so secretive, right? Oh, I don't know if I want to share. It. Like the the millions of people that listen to this are going to go find him or something. I don't know. Um, so then she decides to share that she used to have a sister. That's it. Right? That's what she says. Oh, I used to have a sister. Silence. Now, I don't know, I don't know the proper reaction there. I didn't read the book on how to, uh, or what to say when somebody just says that they used to have a sister and then nothing else on a first date. Like, what the hell am I supposed to say? This date's already awkward enough, and now she's telling me that she used to have a sister. So I, I, I don't know. I just said, oh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? I apologized. I guess apologizing makes sense in that situation, right? Like, having a sister and then not having a sister. I don't know why, but she had a sister, and then now she doesn't have a sister. That sounds like something I could apologize for. First thing that comes to mind. Oh, I'm sorry. So I apologize. Then she says, Yeah. That's why I've always been able to eat a lot. And she kind of like scoops some lasagna or whatever she got. Right? That's why I've always been able to eat a lot. And she scoops up her food. So now I'm thinking, what the hell is this lady talking about? She goes from, do you have siblings? Oh, nice. You do have a brother. I used to have a sister. And that's why I can eat a lot. So, you know, my I'm sorry made sense, right? That's a logical reaction. Sounds like something bad probably happened. Maybe she died. Maybe she 
abandoned her or was kidnapped or something crazy, right? Used to having a sister is something bad happened. So I'm sorry. Easy, easy, easy answer. Now, that's why I can eat a lot. Not an easy answer. I don't, I don't know what to say to that. So I, I don't. I didn't say anything. I paused and I ate, right? <laughs> Maybe not the most appropriate time to decide to eat, but in that moment I ate and I remember taking a big swig of my beer and like leaving just a very little bit left and like praying for the waiter to come bring me another drink. And she realizes that I'm not about to say anything because I'm eating. Like I'm trying to make it so evident that, oh, I've got food in my mouth so I can't talk. It's your turn to talk. And then she says, I, um, I was a twin actually and I consumed my twin in the womb. My mother was on bed rest for six months because of that. Now, it's been a while since I've been on a first date. It's been almost three years, two and a half years, I guess. Now, I don't think that that is generally considered acceptable to talk about on a first date. It sounds like a, like a tragic story, I suppose, that there was like this fetus war going on and this one won out. Maybe she was 5'10 when she filled out her profile and her you know, dead twin sibling grew inside of her and she became taller. Either way, it wasn't the right thing to talk about. There's no way a normal sane person would bring that up on a first date. I get that it's a part of you and I get that it's something that is worth talking to someone that you're dating for a long time, I guess. But a first date at a nice restaurant while eating dinner, you want to talk about putting your mother on bed rest because you ate your twin in the womb and that's why you're always so hungry? Holy crap. So I'm just, now I'm just waiting for this date to end. And all I'm thinking in my head, now had I had a podcast at that time, I would have been taking notes. But all I'm thinking in my head is I can't wait to drop this girl off and just call everybody. I want to call everybody and tell them about this. This is like the cliche Online dating story. I mean, I guess there's not many online dating stories that contain a, uh, a blind date or a first date where a twin is eaten in the womb, but mine did, and it's the, the, the classic nightmare, I guess. I'm thrilled to talk about this. I'm thrilled to tell everybody. Now, now all I'm thinking is this is hilarious, and I can't wait to tell people about it. So the date ends. I paid, right? She did the fake, I'm going to reach for it. But, you know, again, I'm a gentleman, so I paid. And I, I drive her back to her apartment. Now, her apartment was pretty close to the restaurant, maybe about 10 minutes. Uh, and I lived probably about 40 minutes from there. So thankfully, it was much closer to her place. I was able to drop her off very, very quickly, get to her place, say goodbye. We're sitting in the car, and it's that awkward moment, like, what do we do? Now, you know, we say the niceties, oh, I had a great time, and, you know, we'll be in touch, and all that fun stuff, and, you know, she says, yeah, it was so much fun, I'm so glad I got a chance to talk to you, thank you for dinner, and she leans in to kiss me. Now, this is not what I want, not what I want at all, so I dodged it. <laughs> I did, <laughs> now, that's t I guess that's typically not the guy move, right? Typically, the guy is the one making the move, and the girl is, is doing some sort of dodge, I was I was on the defense there though. I was ready, right? Like I'm playing goalie here and I'm I'm blocking. That sounded like I don't know anything about sports. A goalie and I'm blocking, right? I'm making the save would be more appropriate. I'm actually a big hockey fan. Anyway, 
So now I'm thinking defense, 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 defense. I've got to stop this from happening. And it's, again, you know, looking back at these moments, just like the uh, cinnamon bun story I told, it seems to happen in slow motion as I relive it and retell the story. And she's leaning in and it's like, no, right? So I, I'm looking at her, right? Because we're talking. So I'm looking to my right. She's looking to her left. And now she's coming in. So I quickly, I remember like grabbing the steering wheel and almost like throwing my shoulder up a little bit so it got near her body to, to block. Right? I wanted to build some sort of barrier between her. And I thought the shoulder would be a good idea. But listen, this girl overpowered me, right? So now my shoulder's like smashed in and she leans in. But I was able to turn my face quick enough that she got the cheek. I blocked it. Successful. She hit the post. She hit the post, but the post is a goalie's best friend. And I blocked it. And blocked it. Right? Now, I don't know. I ha- Again, I haven't been on many first dates. But I would think if I'm her, right? Okay, that's a sign this didn't go well. So I drop her off, she leaves, and she texts me five minutes later asking me about dinner and what I thought. And then 10 minutes, and then 50, and I'm ignoring all of these texts. And for days, for days and days and days, she texted me until finally she got the message and stopped texting me. It was, uh, listen, I know that's not the, the, the right way to handle a situation like that, but I just, it was so awkward. It was so weird. I, like, I think I canceled my Match.com account right after that. I wanted nothing to do with it. I wanted nothing to do with her. And I got that, right? I had to endure a really awkward date, but at least I got a good story out of it. And four or five years later, I have a podcast that I can talk to you about it on, right? And it's our 10th anniversary, so I figure it's a good time to talk about romance. So a year goes by. Of course, hadn't heard from her. Seriously had forgotten about her, right? It was a blip. On, on my radar, it also sounds like I have this you know, amazing dating life that happened after that. No, I didn't. I don't think I dated anyone else after that for quite some time. And uh, I'm out. I'm out in New York City. I don't remember where I went. It was fun, fun night out with, with one of those or a couple of those 10 friends that I have. And it was one of those late nights. I think we ended, ended the bar at around 4 a.m., and we were hungry, so we decided to go to McDonald's. Now, in New York, most McDonald's are open 24 hours. You can walk there. So we walked to a McDonald's. We're sitting there eating, you know, double cheeseburgers or nuggets or whatever it was. And in walks this chick. Now, for those of you that don't know, I lived about an hour from Manhattan by car. And... Um, she lived even further. So it's not like there was really any chance of me running into this person because we were in the same neck of the woods. Plus, 10 million some odd people live in Manhattan. So the chances of running into this random person are very, very slim, especially at 4 o'clock in the morning, especially at a McDonald's. Well, I guess that part's not so true, but (laughs) I get it. But she walks in, and I see her, and I kind of sort of recognize her, but not really. Like, I don't fully grasp who it is, but I, I know that the face is familiar. She walks up, she orders her food, and I'm still sitting there at the table, and my mind is spinning. I'm like, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? I know this. I'm not associating good memories with this face. And then it, all of a sudden, it hits me like a ton of bricks, and I'm like, oh, shit. Um, and now, of course, the friends I'm with knew about the story, so I'm, like, trying to tell them, like, this is that girl. This, this is the one. She's the one that ate the twin in the womb. 
So now, of course, they want to, <laughs> you know, they want to talk to her, and they're like, hey, come look at Paul, come look. So thank God they didn't feel like doing that to me that night, right? They had enough sympathy to know that going through that situation was just not fun. But she recognizes me, and then she comes up, and she's oh, my God, Paul, it's been so long. Now, fight or flight, right? I've got two options. Now, I guess flight's not really an option. I wasn't about to drop my burger and run out of the place. But acknowledge her or ignore her? And I went with ignore. I, I pretended I had no idea who she was. Oh, I'm sorry. Who are you? Oh, you're Paul. You live in upstate New York, right? No. Oh, yeah, I'm Paul. That's a weird coincidence. <laughs> but, no, I don't recognize you. I don't, mm, I'm not sure that we've met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went on a date. It was at that Italian restaurant. No, I think it was someone else. Now, she's flabbergasted, blown away, pissed, definitely mad. And she, she, I think she cursed at me or something and stormed out of the restaurant. And it was one of the funniest nights I'd had in quite some time. Because, I mean, really, think about that. That's pretty rare that that would happen. And after such a ridiculous circumstance, um, it just, it's just, I mean, wow. It was so funny. And to, <laughs> just to, just to be thinking in my head... My friends are going to say something. My friends are going to say something. My friends are going to say something. Because the reality is, we flip the roles, and I'm saying something. I would be like, yeah, 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 that's him. You're the, you're the one, right? The one that, that ate your twin. And the, yeah, yeah, you guys went on a date. Definitely. I would have thrown my friends under the bus in a second. In a second. And that's probably why I only have ten friends. That's probably it. There's ten, that, there's ten in this world that will put up with me, and that's it. Yeah, so that's my uh, online dating story. This is a long one. We're at 42 minutes, coming up on it at least. Well, when I go back and add audio, it'll probably be about 42. 42 minutes. I got an exciting couple of weeks in my life ahead of me. The last day at work is this Friday. I'm going to be moving back to New York next week. I'm going to be driving and uh, I will do a car cast podcast car show thing next week for sure. So I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to do it, but I will pull that off. And you guys will hear from me next week at least once from the car. Maybe I'll do a regular show also. But ladies and gentlemen, that is it from me. Potentially my very last episode from Miami. The next time we talk, I'll be thousands of miles from where you last heard from me. And I am glad you tuned in today. Please share this podcast with your friends, family, anyone you think that would enjoy it. Even if you don't think they would enjoy it, give it to them. They're going to enjoy it. NotThatPolyD.com Or you can find me on iTunes by searching NotThatPolyD Show. Please rate and review. It's the best way you can compliment me for the show. Thanks again, guys. Have a good night. It's been fun. <laughs>